Maxwell Poth is the founder of an organization called Project Contrast. Project Contrast is a nonprofit organization created to help share the stories of and give a voice to LGBTQ plus youth across the country. In addition to raising awareness and lowering the amount of suicides among this community, Project Contrast aims to create a platform for these youth to become advocates for each other and in their own communities. Maxwell is here today to help educate and explain further the incredible mission he and his team are on. So let's take a listen. I have with me here today Maxwell. Uh, He's here representing Project Contrast, and he's going to tell us all about their incredible mission and all the great work that they do. So thanks for being here. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Um, Really so interested to learn more about how this project started. Um, I see that you're doing incredible things now, but Project Contrast, basically, you work to amplify the, amplify the voices of the LGBTQ youth through the power of storytelling. You first started this work in your home state of Utah, where suicide is the leading cause of death for youth ages 10 to 17. Can you tell us more about why you were inspired to create this organization? Um, you know, I, I think it wasn't more, I don't know if like the word inspired is the word that I would use. It's like more of like I kind of had to or felt like I, I needed to. Uh, you know, I uh, I grew up in Utah. I grew up LDS. I uh, came out when I was young in like 2008, 2009, which back then it still really wasn't common to see a teenager out in high school. Um, and, you know, so I went through that where I was alone and it was really hard for me to discover who I was and connect with other people around me. So, you know, fast forward years later, when I'm living in Los Angeles, like living my dream, I, uh, you know, the, the statistic rises and comes back where, you know, the leading cause, what you said, you know, the leading cause of death for ages 10 to 17 in the state of Utah is teen suicide. A lot of those kids taking their lives are queer. And it wasn't, uh, I think the catalysts and like what, what made me really put my foot down was, uh, a boy from my high school that I went to, same age that I was when I came out, took his own life because he was uh, because he was gay, and that was uh, really hard for me. And I was just like, you know what? Like, if I can do something and try and help these struggling kids in my home state with the platform that I do have back home, I am going to do that. After two consecutive series in Utah, your project went national, right? Yes. So I did it in Utah first, obviously, and uh, started it there. And I uh, I just saw it really work. I saw it connect. Like I saw like this connection with other youth and they didn't know that this person existed in this neighborhood next to them. And um, I it just completed like this, this whole missing in like my heart and my work because I'm a photographer and, you know, I, I take photos and represent my community and my queer community. But, you know, it still like wasn't enough for me. And like, you know, when I started this as just originally a photo project, it wasn't even my idea to start it as a nonprofit. I just wanted to, you know, make a statement like a lot of photographers like to do, you know, we like to create projects, create this, you know, statement that means something and uh, really go with that. But I, I kept going. I was just like, you know, like this is something that I can see have a big impact in one way or another in the future. And if I keep doing this, this is maybe what I can do because, you know, I did it in my home state of Utah. And then I was like, okay, well, there are so many other places in this country where it isn't even okay. Like 
in, in Utah, it's a lot more common for kids to come out now and feel more safe than uh, in South Dakota or in Alaska and all these other places. And I was like, well, what if I did exactly this uh, everywhere else? <laughs> That's awesome. And let's talk about what it is exactly that you do. So the main aspect of your work is storytelling and content creation, allowing for more personal expression and connection. Can you tell us more about the process of how you document each story and what your main goals are in that process? Yeah. So it's interesting. Over the years, we've kind of discovered what works and what doesn't, you know. Uh, but what we've come down to is, you know, we what Project Contrast is, is a nutshell, is what we do, we document what it's like for queer youth to live in America today, you know. And in turn, we hope that that connects one another and really can help lower the amount of teen suicides. So we, you know, what, what it looks like is we, you know, fly to these states. We try to work with LGBT centers or LGBT youth centers uh, but, you know, a lot of places we travel to don't have centers. They don't even have clubs or local GSAs. And if you don't know what a GSA is, that's a gay straight alliance club that high schools have created to kind of create a community within high schools of queer youth. Uh, so a lot of places don't even have these 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 things, these, these safe havens, these communities. So um, when we arrive, you know, we, we collect these stories and how we interview the youth is I photograph them because I am a photographer, like I mentioned. And uh, I would say what I'm known for, best known for is black and white portraiture. Um, hence one of the reasons we call it Project Contrast. And uh, through that, you know, we photograph them, which really, you know, a lot of these kids have never had their photos taken before. And that's really fun for them and really uplifting for them. And they get to see themselves in this, let through this lens that they never thought they would. So yeah, we photograph them. Uh, we interview them on video uh, to, you know, uh, use for social media purposes, uh, kind of, you know, you can see so much in a photo, but we really want people to understand who the kids are more. So we do videos that way and they talk about their lives, who they are. Sometimes we'll put them with another kid and they're laughing and giggling, or sometimes it's a sad story. Um, <clears throat> and then our, our final thing and our most important thing is we ask them to write their stories and share their stories of what makes them so confident being so young in these rural communities, these small towns, these conservative communities, wherever they are, what makes this 15-year-old lesbian girl so confident and proud of who she is, even though she's surrounded by pressure to not be that person? And then at the end of those stories, we ask them to give advice to other queer youth who may be able to relate to them. It's really incredible what you're doing. And accessibility is also a primary focus of your organization. Can you tell us more about how you're working to make sure your stories and content are available to everyone? Yeah, so we, we really, uh, we specify that word assess accessibility because, you know, at the end of every year, we make our own books and uh, we, we sell those online as donation-based. Uh, so, you know, that helps fund our projects, but also, you know, you can purchase something that you can have with all the youth that we have interviewed that year. And it usually ranges between like 60 to 70 kids a year. And uh, yeah, so, you know, even though we sell those, we want to make sure it's available for everyone because the main purpose of these stories is we want these kids to be able to read them and <laughs> to see them. <laughs> right, right. You're trying to reach as many kids who are in similar circumstances as possible. 
Exactly. So I want that lonely person sitting in a farm in Nebraska to be able to access these, you know, through um, our website mainly. We put all the stories online for free. Um, and I don't want to say for free, but, you know, we put them all online regardless, you know. Uh, we like to think of it kind of as like a blog, you know, oh, here's this story. Here's this person. This is where they're from. Please read it. And then, you know, we post them on our Instagrams and our Facebook and uh, then we, you know, we market it to uh, local GSAs, like I've told you, or local clubs, or there's LGBT libraries in a lot of cities. So we'll send our books there for free. Um, yeah, we just, we just want it to get, we just want it to go everywhere. And we want everyone to know about this because, you know, these kids deserve to have their stories heard. Absolutely. And as I think you touched on already, there's the, some of the youth that are coming out you know, in your projects and and being willing to share their story are unique a little bit in the sense that they have the confidence to do that and that they're willing to share their story. But I think what's probably most powerful about what you're doing is that you're hopefully reaching kids who who don't have that same confidence and who don't feel as strongly that they're supported. And by sharing these other stories, you're giving them a community that maybe they didn't even know was available to them, right? Absolutely. And that's why we even go to places with like smaller towns and states, you know, the flyover states. We, of course, will attempt to go everywhere. Um, but, you know, like there there aren't places where these kids can feel confident. So I want to show them that those kids exist in their own states. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And by contrasting the experiences between rural and urban communities, you're working to educate and celebrate the diversity that unites us. Mm -hmm. I love that. So can you tell us more about how you work to achieve that specifically? Yeah, you know, I think the root of what that means is, you know, when you live in a more urban area, you know, a city, or those tend to be more liberal, more accepting of change, Um, different communities, you know, the trans communities, the the, the gay community, the lesbian community, even, uh, you know, you can even go into race, like, it's just like, there's more, there's a lot more acceptance in these places, you know, and then when you go to smaller places and rural communities, that's where you will tend to see more problems within all those areas. You know, a lot of people aren't educated in what and who a transgender person is and what that even means. Um, and it's, it's our job to, you know, kind of compare what it's, it's like for these kids living in these rural areas compared to these kids living in, you know, these, these cities and these urban areas. And also that they sometimes aren't that different. You know, you, you'll find kids that have just as much confidence as these ones growing up in New York City. So it's really just, you know, like I said, comparing and contrasting the difference in the lives that they were given, but how they're so strong and uh, united, even though they don't even notice it. It's fantastic that you're able to facilitate that. And your pod, your project contrast motto is you are loved. And mm-hmm. compassion is a topic that we speak about a lot on this podcast. Um, I just like to get all different types of perspective on compassion and why it's important. And so some compassion is clearly something that you're working to foster through your work. Can you tell us what compassion means to you and how important or necessary you think compassion is um, in regard to the LGBTQ community? I mean, I think it's the way to open doors. I think it's the way to make people trust you to feel like they can believe what you're trying to say. You know, if, if you come with a message that is led with compassion and love, then that will create that vulnerability for people to open up in my, and like, especially with my project, it is a very vulnerable thing for, you know, 13, 14 year old kids to not only share their story, but me to amplify it nationally. Uh, so 
yeah, I, I just think that's it's just so important. And it's interesting how the You I Loved thing came about because uh, I just started meeting these kids. And the first thing I would tell them when they were like crying or telling me their stories is I would just say that. And I, like, you know, it wasn't really trademarked anywhere. No one was really making it their own thing. And of course, it's like a common thing, just like it gets better. But, um, you know, I was just like, wow, I'm saying this every day. Why not just remind everybody every single day? So I do that on my socials, on Project Contrasts, and it's really become a huge staple. And um, even on social media, people every day are reaching out and like uh, saying thank you for the message or they're sending me signs that of you are loved like all over the country and the world. And it's cool. That's awesome. It's a beautiful message. Thank and you. I think really important, especially with the community that you're trying to reach. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you had touched on it, the It Gets Better. You also have an It Gets Better educational guide. Can you tell mm-hmm. us about that? Yeah, so that was kind of a fun full circle moment for me because when I was a closeted 15-year-old, I was watching It Gets Better videos. Um, you know, and, you know, we, one thing we like to say at Project Contrast is, you know, we understand it gets better, but what can you do until it gets better? Because, you know, these kids can't leave their homes until they're 18 years old. So what can you do until you can leave? And, uh, <clears throat> it gets better, uh, saw that in an interview once and they were like, <clears throat> you know, I thought they were going to like attack me or something. And I was like, they're like, you're right. Like what, like we should like meet and, you know, just by chance, uh, I live in LA and, uh, they, their offices was right by my old apartment and they reached out to me and they were like, Hey, I, cause in 2018, I launched it as a national tour and we had a huge event here in LA and that, uh, got a lot of, uh, media attention. So I was really happy about that. And that's how they found us. And, uh, yeah, so they asked me to come to the office and I, uh, did my own, it gets better video and which was cool. And then, uh, they asked me, they said, Hey, we love what you have and we would love to work with you on a project. And, um, I was just like, okay, for sure. And they, they annually, uh, you know, they, they make a lot of education guides and experiences and activities for, um, that can help educate communities everywhere else. So for us, it was, uh, we decided to come up with a concept of educating people on, different identities within the LGBTQ plus community and maybe what those kids look like, because, you know, I have those pictures and uh, their names. So it's kind of like a workbook and it's like uh, asking questions and, uh, you know, challenging you on uh, what you think gender is. And it was just, it's this beautiful thing that we have that you can actually print out as a PDF. So we encourage it to be used um, in classrooms, in GSA meetings, in uh, centers, uh, group activities, even families. I was going to touch on this just after you were speaking about, you know, listening to the the patient stories and, and how that makes you feel, because uh, I actually run a nonprofit myself. Um, mm-hmm. Interestingly, it's called Project Scleroderma. <laughs> so similar yeah, to yours that. in the name. <laughs> um, and I started that nonprofit after I lost my mom to an incurable rare autoimmune disease called scleroderma. And basically what my team and I do is travel um, typically in the U.S., but sometimes um other places as well to film the stories of patients who are living with the disease. And similar to what you're doing, it's really just to give them that platform and that outlet and to to let them be seen and heard, um, but also to educate and raise awareness. So I know for me, when I'm on the other end of the camera, that feels like, uh, honestly, it's 
I feel honored to be there and, and holding space for their story. Um, it's humbling. It's just beautiful to watch how they transition and how just empowering it is for them in telling their story and sharing that. I was wondering if you've had a similar experience. Oh my gosh. I mean, every single time, you know, like it's, it's, it's very rewarding to um, touch on these subjects and see different communities. You know, me as a queer, a, a gay man, you know, there's a lot of history that isn't in the history books and a lot of education that isn't shared or heard. So, you know, when I created this project, it also became this, it became this, uh, history book for me. And I started to share with everyone else because, you know, now when I travel, I know what it's like for to be queer in Alaska. And I know what it's like to be queer in South Dakota and New Mexico and all of these places. And then they're all so different, but they're also so much the same. And these kids are so well-versed in how to speak and how to share their words. And it just, it's always changed me. Like every single time I meet someone new and they tell me what it was like, what it's like for them currently, you know, they're not always sad stories. They're sometimes great stories, but at the same time, it just, I'm educated and it changes me every single time. Yeah. I, I can see that. Like I said, with the work that I do, it's, I find that just like you said, it's not always painful. Sometimes there's just beautiful stories that come out of their painful circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really powerful to, to witness that. And, yeah. um, I'm wondering if there's anything that you can say as far as like to, everyone outside of the LGBTQ plus community, um, you know, what are ways that we can be more compassionate towards, uh, especially the youth in those Mm -hmm. communities? And and just what advice would you offer in terms of how we can be more inclusive and more compassionate? Oh, you are born to love and you're taught to hate. You know what I mean? And it, it comes at the root of the problem. You know, I've never met a child who has looked at me any differently than anyone else unless they were told that I was different. You know what I mean? Like I'm an uncle of four and uh, they don't even, I, and I'm a twin and my twin's a lesbian and they don't look at me and my relationship any different as they would see um, a straight person's relationship, you know, or, you know, you're, 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 so I really think that it really has to start at the root of the problem in educating each other. And, you know, as parents, as adults, you know, your parents taught you that gay is wrong. But, you know, those people that thought themselves were like, no, that isn't wrong. And they're great allies. You know what I mean? And that's growing now. But, you know, it's just sharing these stories and making it personal where you can. And, you know, just educating our younger people that it's okay to be different. And it's actually pretty awesome to be different. And that, you know, it it really does start at the root of the problem because there's never going to be like I said, there's never going to be a little boy on the playground that's going to pick on someone for being different unless they were raised that way. Absolutely. Even in, I don't, I was asked this recently as well. And sometimes parents don't even mean to rate, to make it weird or negative. They are just uncomfortable themselves and don't know how to bring it up. You know, I was teaching um, a workshop to a bunch of adults who have kids on Zoom uh, a few months ago and a dad who accepts the LGBTQ plus community, he's totally fine with everything, but you know, he was like, but I don't know how to bring it up to my kid. I'm afraid to bring it up to my kid. And I said, well, that's your first problem. You're, you're creating that tension of something that shouldn't be weird to bring up. It should be normalized. So when you are trying to tell your son 
what gay means, just tell him, you know, don't, don't make it weird. Don't make it hard to, to say, because then he's gonna, he's gonna feel that. And he's gonna, he's gonna sense that this is weird maybe to him when it shouldn't be. And that comes back to your point of education is that Mm -hmm. if we educate someone like that man you're talking about, and he then takes steps to educate his son in, you know, a way that's not involving any sort of fear or negativity, then we're shifting our culture going forward. With anything, you know, with anything that's out of the norm, that is, I think, one of the best ways to do that. Absolutely. I agree. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything you've shared with us today. And uh, lastly, could you just tell us how we can best access what your project's doing, how anybody can best support what you're doing and follow along with your mission and your work? Yeah, we have a lot of really great things coming for us. And I'm really excited to, you know, start sharing those. And, uh, you know, it's been years in the making, building this credibility. So I'm really excited to, you know, drop all that. Uh, But, you you know, you can go on our website. It's, you know, projectcontrast.org. You can see all the stories there. There's even a donate button. There's a contact us button. There's uh, all these ways that we can show you what we're doing. You know, we also have our Instagram. And then, uh, yeah. And then even if you hear this and you know queer youth who you think would be great for our project, you can always reach out to us. And we have a form online for that that we call our nomination form. So yeah, just awesome. follow our journey and, and awesome. share, share our message and share, share us. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to educate us really and mm-hmm. to help us have a greater understanding of the very important work you're doing. Yeah, thank you for having me, honestly. Yeah, it's very nice to be here. If you enjoyed this episode of Be The Good Podcast, please like, comment, and share. And for all updates, you can follow along at Be The Good Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And remember, we can all find our own way to be the good.